Hey, everyone, and welcome to the December edition of our monthly leadership podcast on Leading as Leaders. I'm your host, Avery Nesbitt. Hey, today we are joined by a very special guest. Uh, we are joined by Judy West. She is the staff pastor over staff and leadership development at the Crossing Church, and you are going to love everything she has to say. So, Judy, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Hey, so listen, we have a wonderful mutual friend in common, Miss Katie Cole. Yes. And um, she told me, she said, hey, listen, I, I, I see what you're doing, and I know the perfect person you should talk to. And so here you are, and I want everyone to sort of get an idea of what you've been involved in. Not only are you on the executive team at the Crossing Church, but you also lead WXP, which is a mm -hmm. gathering of female executive pastors from yeah. all over the United States. And yeah, so yeah. Um, you've got this wide scope of leadership that we really mm -hmm. wanna tap into, mm -hmm. but specifically talking about the Crossing Church, uh, you guys are known for a lot of things. You're known for your body mm -hmm. life class, which really yep. talks about wholeness and health and unity. Emotional and spiritual health, yeah. Emotional mm -hmm. and spiritual health. Mm -hmm. uh, you're, mm -hmm. you're known for your discipleship. You're known for your work in missions. But one of the things that I found very intriguing is you're also known for your work to be intentional about crossing cultural boundaries, mm -hmm. yeah. about being radically involved in racial reconciliation. And mm -hmm. so for a church in the middle of the Midwest, um, in the middle you, of a cornfield yeah, in the Midwest, field, yeah. how, how did you get here? What's the story? Where are you now? And, and, and where do you see the church going as it relates mm -hmm. to your cause of racial reconciliation? Okay. Well, from the very early days, um, I found, by the way, I found Christ here. When I came here, I was a raging feminist, um, atheist, agnostic, you know, yeah. and I found Jesus here. Well, from day one of this church, the pastor was very intentional about diversity in regards to men, women, age, stuff like that. But it wasn't until August 9th, 2014, with the Michael Brown incident in Ferguson yeah. that forced our hand with the racial issue yeah. and pushed us into conversations we knew we needed to have and need to focus on. But when you are a white church in the middle of a cornfield, you go, okay, how do we enter this humbly and acknowledge the fact who we are, but we have to reflect the kingdom and the diversity of skin color, not just men, women, age, stuff like that. So that forced our hand. Um, we were invited, our lead pastor specifically, and a few of our staff were invited into a lot of behind the scenes conversations mm -hmm. when all that was going down. We said no TV cameras, no news anchors allowed with Black Lives Matter. We were in those conversations behind the scenes and it radically changed us. And since then, we've, we, have, we have initiatives now, we have mandatory staff training on diversity, we hire towards it. And, but still to this day, a lot of what we do is behind the scenes with conversations to help build bridges because we don't wanna come across as look at who we are pounding our chest, we're this big white church, no. Um, how do we go behind the scenes in a loving way and build bridges? Yeah. So it's part of who we are now. Um, yeah. What, else, what other questions do you have? Well, it's, it's, it's interesting that you can point it back to the Michael Brown case, because when all that was going on, I'm located right here in the heart of the South. 
when all that was going on, a lot of churches went with silence. Mm-hmm. That their silence would um, allow sort of the, the the dust to settle. Why didn't you guys just go with the safe route? Why didn't you just say nothing instead of throwing yourself right in the middle of the fray? Well, we, we our hand was forced on it. Number one, we were invited to the conversation and we had a few African-American staff members that wouldn't let us be silent. Wow. And we are incredibly grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm white, you see my skin color. But I know for years as a woman, as an activist, as a feminist, who's now learning how to follow Jesus and harness that for the, for the good, yeah. um, silence for our cause doesn't help either. It, it's always helped, especially when men have spoken up and said women deserve to lead, have gifts and talents to lead. Mm-hmm. Well, if I need someone to speak up for me, then those of different skin colors of then may need, to, need us to speak up as well. So it was a mixture of our force, our hand was forced, and we had people telling us, please don't be silent. Silence will not help this. Wow. So it takes a little bit of courage to jump into it. I think it takes something different to stay into it. Um, where's the crossing now at, at this point? And it's a statement on the culture, but Michael Brown in a few years will be a, a faded news memory. And we, we won't right. really remember the, the, the intricacies of the case. We won't really, re- we won't really remember right. Ferguson like you and I do. Um, what is the crossing doing to stay in the middle of this, of this thing as we seek to bring the kingdom here? Well, you know this, and probably most listeners know this. The only way to stay is to be intentional. Yeah. If you're ain't intentional, ain't going to happen. So just yesterday, I had- I will quote you on that. If you yeah. ain't intentional, it's going to happen. <laughs> exactly. Get a t-shirt for that. Um, yesterday, I had a meeting with our diversity group that's now planning out the calendar. We're moving in um, uh, diversity training, especially for the upfront, the guest services, guest experience teams, and the mm-hmm. music teams. Um, we're, we're getting in deeper, deeper into the church. Yes, it's taught from the main stage, but if we don't have the one-on-one individual conversations and the smaller group trainings, yeah. it's not going to help change the mindsets. So we're still, even though we're in St. Louis, mm-hmm. we have a lot of Southern impact. Yeah. So we're constantly having to teach around that. It's not just a natural thing. I came from Philly, where that cultural melting pot, the East Coast, was right. a natural it's not necessarily a natural here. So we're having to be very intentional with trainings, with teachings, with mm-hmm. meetings. Otherwise, it, it's not going to happen. That's really interesting that you leave it not just to a staff development. You leave it not just to a Sunday morning, but you're trying to get it all the way down into the guest experience, how people engage um, on the weekends. What are ways that people who are looking at what you're doing, that's really trailblazing in a lot of ways, especially for where you are, what, what are the first steps that someone could take in their spheres of influence and say, hey, how do we start where we are to be intentional about crossing racial lines? What are some of, what are some of the low hanging fruit that people could start doing where they are? Okay, low-hanging fruit, we started inviting in um, worship leaders that had different cultures, different skin colors, saying, when you put a main worship leader on the stage, you're automatically endorsing that and saying, we support that. It's the most visible platform in the church, bringing in teachers that look and 
talk different than you. Yeah. Those were some of the baby first things we started doing. Then we hosted, we were one of the churches that hosted the documentary, Show Me Democracy. So we would host little events, little, they were transforming events, um, where we invited the church to come. And it was kind of like a Sundance experience where you showed the documentary and then the film crew and writers were up there and you could ask them questions. Wow. And so we've done things like that. I can tell you this, from somebody who's wired as an activist, you feel like it's never enough, mm. but you know to change a culture, you have to take baby steps and being intentional with those and go, okay, Lord, if we changed one mindset today, if we help bridge one gap today, then so it be, because a lot of us want the change immediate. Right. It doesn't happen that way. So we have a staff member, Anthony, who you would love, um, who constantly says, take the long game, take the long game. This is not a marathon. It's a marathon, right. not a sprint. Look at the long game. Look at the long game. Because a lot of us want this solved now. Yeah. And just trusting God, okay, we're taking one baby step today. That's great. I love that idea of um, the Sundance, something that's, that I'm watching that's changing, that's rewiring how I think. And then I get to engage with the people who created it, who helped make it. Like that's, that's really unique. And you definitely don't see churches doing that. Well, one of the questions I, well, the kind of as we even wrap up is I get it from a organizational perspective. I get it from a church perspective. How is this from Ferguson? It seems almost very much like a D-Day for you. Um, how has this changed Judy? How has this changed? Ah, good question. <laughs> the thing I've been most convicted with um, is I can talk the talk. Mm -hmm. I can preach, I can teach, but if I'm not living it out, so one thing I'm, I'm really watching every week, does my calendar reflect, does my life reflect what I believe? Mm -hmm. So if I say I love the orphan, the widow, anybody, does my calendar reflect that? Because at the end of the week, if I look at my calendar and I've done nothing except sit in my office right. and talk and be with people that look like me, dream like me, everything, then I've missed the calling of Jesus. So my biggest conviction is, does my calendar reflect my heart? Um, that, that's what I would say. And it's, it's very haunting, but in a good way, in a God kind of way. I want to be unsettled. I want to be shaken. I want to have that as a litmus test um, because that's how God's going to change me. Yeah. Does my calendar reflect my heart? You could preach a message on that. Wow. Well, um, I, I love getting just this little bit of a glimpse into um, the crossing, into the heart, into this Midwest church in a cornfield. In a cornfield. Um, in, in a cornfield that's, that's reaching across lines uh, diversity. I, I love the work you're doing with WXP and engaging female leaders across the nation in a way that historically they have not been engaged. So I, I just, I applaud you. I applaud the church. Thank you for everything that you're doing for the kingdom. I, I, I love it. Thank you. You are so sweet. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, so for everyone joining us, um, this has been a great call. Um, you can find out more information about this podcast, about Judy and about The Crossing on leadingisleaders.com. And hopefully something we've said today helps you as you're leading as leaders. Thanks, everyone.